Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chicago the Musical is officially 27 years old, which is the same age I am. I'm just kidding. I'm 16. Oh my God! Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my God, guys! Did you hear? Oh my God! 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 What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, I just got back from Boston, Massachusetts, where I had the absolute pleasure of seeing the band's visit at the Huntington Theater Company, starring one of my darling, dearest friends, Miss Emily Qualman, and another friend of mine, Mr. Noah Kaiserman. You guys, this show was stunning. It's so timely and important, but it's also just lively and happy and beautiful to look at. The music is stunning. I had never seen a production of The Band's Visit before, so I was very pleased to get this opportunity and, of course, to root on my beautiful friends. So if you are in the Boston area, I highly recommend catching this show at The Huntington. I believe they run through December, so get your tickets today. And with that, you guys, we got to dive right into this week's Broadway World Recap, brought to you by my amazing friends at broadwayworld.com. First up, you guys, we got the amazing announcement that this week, none other than James T. Lane is returning to the Broadway company of Chicago the Musical, only this time he is going to be playing the role of Amos Hart. I actually had him on the podcast, I think it was episode six, and he is a dream of a human. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen. But um, he was playing Billy Flynn at the time, and now he gets to reprise his role as Amos Hart. He has previously played this role, so I'm very excited for him, and I know that everybody in the building is so excited to welcome him back. So congrats, James. I cannot wait to see you in this show again. Next, you guys, Broadway World was live on the red carpet talking to the star-studded cast of the Broadway revival of Spamalot on their opening night performance last night. I was lucky enough to see a preview performance of the show, and it was everything that you would expect from Spamalot, plus more. I mean, Leslie Kritzer, you guys, is the reason to see the show. I'm sorry to say it to everyone else involved. She is singing down as Lady of the Lake. Obviously, Taryn Killam is absolutely hilarious. Ethan Slater. That's not his name, is it? Ethan Slater? I think that's his name. The one dating Ariana Grande. He was phenomenal as well. Plays a million different roles. I mean, you guys got to see the show. It's it's just excellent. So congrats to everybody involved in Spamalot for an incredible opening night. 
Oh ma pa. Next, you guys, we have to talk about the Outsiders on Broadway announcing the additional casting, which includes our very own friend of the pod, Miss Emma Pittman, in the iconic role of Cherry. Emma is going to be joined by Joshua Boone as Dallas Wilson and Kevin William Paul making his Broadway debut as Bob Sheldon, as well as Daryl Tofa as Two-Bit Matthews. You guys, I was already excited about this show, but the fact that Queen Emma Pittman is jumping from show to show is correct. It's just correct, okay? She was incredible as Roxy Hart. I have not seen her yet in Back to the Future, but I guess I have to go see it soon because she's already on to another Broadway show. I'm just so proud of her. And if you haven't listened to her episode of the podcast, please go back and listen because she is a hoot and I love her. Next, you guys, in another really exciting casting announcement, Broadway World just shared that Steve Carell is going to make his Broadway debut playing the titular role in Lincoln Center Theater's production of Uncle Vanya. Steve Carell is obviously an incredible actor, probably most notably known for playing Michael Scott on the iconic television series The Office. And I kind of can't believe that this is his Broadway debut. I mean, you would think that Steve Carell obviously would have just said, hello, I would like to do a Broadway play and anyone would let him. But I'm excited that he gets to make his debut in such an incredible role as Uncle Vanya. This play is stunning. I've seen it many, many times, but I'm sure that this revival and this, you know, iteration of the show with Steve Carell playing Uncle Vanya is going to be incredible. Oh, and also, you guys, the show is going to feature Anika Noni Rose as Yelena, which is like insane, but also brilliant casting. I love Anika. It's going to be amazing. And lastly, you guys, we just got a very exciting announcement that the new musical Tammy Faye with music by Elton John is coming to Broadway in the 2024-2025 season. The show had its world premiere at London's Almeida Theatre in the fall of 2022, and it received rave reviews, and it was nominated for four Olivier Awards, including Best Musical. And it starred Andrew Rannells as the infamous Jim Baker and Katie Braben as Tammy Faye herself. We don't have word yet on whether these two will reprise their roles in the show on Broadway, but I mean, with lyrics by Jake Shears, a book by James Graham, and direction by Olivier Award winner Rupert Gould, this show is bound to be a hit. I mean, people are just fascinated by the story of Tammy Faye Baker, and I think she kind of lends herself perfectly to being the center of a musical. So I'm very intrigued by this, and I I can't wait to see how it goes over uh, on Broadway. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh, my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. Oh, my God. I didn't even ask your pronouns. What are your pronouns? He, Honey, they? He, you can call me Regis and Kathy Lee. I don't care about anything. <laughs> I'm on such a gender journey. I have been on such a gender journey. And I have I have um, ran the spectrum in terms of pronouns. But I, you know what? This is such a... It shouldn't be a loaded question, but it is because... Um, I have different pronouns in different spaces and I know that's so annoying, but you can say anything. Yeah. No. Yeah. You can, you can do anything. Well, everybody, please welcome the incredible artiste, Andrew Barrett Cox. Oh my God. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my pod. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh my pod. Can you tell us where you're, where you're calling in from? My freaking bedroom. I'm calling from my bedroom here in Washington Heights. Um, yes, I'm called, yes, um, from my witchy, I, I've, I've already apologized for the darkness, but I do have sort of a <laughs> vampiric sort of gothic room. My walls are painted no, I'm kind black. Of loving it. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, I'm literally could not be brighter. There's there's Mother Judy and Liza behind. Love me, the so. girls. Happy days are here <laughs> yes. again. Yeah. Uh, you guys, Andrew Barrett Cox. Where do we even begin? Your your career is kind of oh. like wackadoodle in <laughs> the best way. I mean, you you have your fingers in so many different things, and I cannot wait to hear about all of them. But oh my God. I want to know, I guess, like, what was your journey to to New York City? Okay. Whoa. So um, my journey to New York City was – I'm going to try to nutshell this. This is because I could start to be rambling, but – Girl, this I, is a podcast. You're That's so the right. Point. You're so right. What am I doing? I'll tell you this. <laughs> I um, it had always been in the cards. Like just when I was a kid, all of what I you know grew up doing theater and everything, and then I ended up finding out that I loved writing, and it had always been in the air of like me and all my friends were moving to New York. Right. Um, in college, I wrote a musical, immersive pop musical version of the movie Party Monster, which is about the sort of '80s and '90s club kid scene. Um, yes. and I was taken under the wing by this professor here who was writing a book about them and he was in the scene and, uh, essentially I ended up sort of towards the end of my time in college coming to New York uh, on the mega bus back and forth all the time, but Period. performing in, in clubs. And, you know, I thought that I was really going to be, he made it seem like it was the biggest deal in the world. And now I'm here and I'm like, w- w- what the hell is that? But to me and my friends at the time, we were like, this is big. It's going to happen for us. Right. Yes. Um, but, uh, I was coming here to, you know, do whatever we were doing a ton of nightlife with amazing nightlife people. Um, but we just thought it was a much bigger thing than it was. But ultimately my relationship with this guy, I realized it definitely was not what I thought it was. And he was really scary. And, um, Low key, I was like, I can't move to New York. I'm terrified of this guy, and he could ruin wow. me at any any moment. Um, who is he? Um, but <laughs> to get away from all that, I moved to LA because I had done a semester there in college. I loved it. Well, let me tell you, sweets, I was there for two years. Couldn't be more suicidal. Couldn't be more depressed. Oh no! So I went into a hor- darkest time of my life, and then. Um, my friends ultimately ended up convincing me to move to New York in 2017. And when I got here, I was like, what was I doing? Um, this is it, baby. I know. And even while it was in LA, it's funny, the way I would make money is I would fly back to New York and do gigs here and then fly back to LA, pay my rent with the money I made here and just sit in my room and be like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but that's oh how I got God. to New York yeah, in 2017. And now here I am. Couldn't be happier Look to be here. Now. Yeah. Well, okay, I, I'm so excited to ask you about the entire, like, nightlife scene, because I think it's it's a really interesting avenue of art that sort of gets this weird rap for, like, not being mainstream mm. or not, I don't know, not even not being mainstream, but, like, not being as valid or as, like, commercially, um, like, beneficial sure. as other quote-unquote art, and I'm just so fascinated by this sort of like hidden underground if you know you know type of art scene what is that like for you in terms of being a creator i mean you're you're not only a a singer a performer you are a designer you choreograph you direct you write like and i feel like in this sort of like nightlife scene you can just do whatever you want like how do you even begin to navigate like <laughs> being a creator in in that world 
You know, it has been, uh, I got into it because of that musical that I wrote. Cause I, you know, I was a musical theater kid and, um, mm-hmm. uh, but also I've just been, and I'm at the point now, this is going to turn into therapy, but I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, okay. It's very, you know, that quote of Lady Gaga when she's like, you, you, when you sing musical theater, you're too pop. And when you sing pop, you're too theater, <laughs> but it's very that, but not necessarily but i feel like i'm like okay i'm not drag enough to be in the drag i'm not this uh-huh. enough to be here i sort of have always existed in this amorphous place and also my interests tend to skew off to the bizarre and underground and i've always loved those things um which i guess are sort of niche um so for me i'm like well why can't theater be like this nightlife experience? And so I've always been interested in that. Um, But obviously it's very difficult and it's something that's sort of just taking off. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, doing nightlife and why I do enjoy it is just like you said, like there really are no rules. And even, even, even today, a lot of the stuff that I do, there are people that are like, Andrew, you can't do that. I'm like, you, oh, I can't do, oh, I can't do this in, like, this trash bar covered in semen. Like, of course, like, <laughs> exactly. get a freaking grip. So I think it's just because there's, it is, like, a uh, Petri dish for, not Petri dish, oh, my God. It's a it's a playground for, like, whatever you want to do, you can do it. And also, yeah, if it fails, it fails, and you can try it somewhere else. But um, I think in terms of, like, doing theater, it's, like, very here's here's the way to do this in, in terms of making it successful but I've always I've always had a better time being like well instead of doing this reading in uh you know open jar studios why don't you come grab a tequila and we're just gonna like have a good time and we'll do it for you in this nightclub um period it just seems more fun so it that's so cool you know I don't know <laughs> well and then you've also been able to sort of like combine the two worlds with things like Oscar at the crown where like it's, it's this very specific niche experience, but you know, you're getting promotions on playbill and people are like, let's take it to the West end. Let's do it in Brooklyn. Like how do you, well, I mean, I guess I have to ask about Oscar at the crown because I've watched every single video possible. I've listened to all of the recordings and everything. And it's so fucking cool. Um, How did you first, how did that come about for you? Well, first of all, I have to tell you, when I was hearing you saying, I said, oh, I, I said, honey, I hope you are ready <laughs> to be singing that score because yes! literally, um, but uh, how did that come about? So it's really uh, in college, I started doing a show. I'm going to take you on the journey. If you get bored, you just, Please. you, you rip no. me right off. But um, I was doing this <laughs> show at the, American Repertory Theater's club theater called Club Oberon, and it was built to be the home for this show that Diane Paulus and Randy Weiner uh, created called The Donkey Show, which is like um, Midsummer Night's Dream, but told in Studio 54. So Titania is the disco queen, and the fairies are go-go boys, and I was one of the go-go boys. Um, and my friend Mark played Wheelgood, who was the puck character. And he mm. was on rollerblade, roller skates and would just skate around and throw glitter at people. I'm thinking about this time. Not Mark, but there was another real good who accidentally put glitter in this woman's eyes. Not good. Um, <laughs> but um, that was sort of my first step into like, oh, this like weird world of like nightlife theater, which, you know, they um, they really, I, I got to give it to the girl, um, Diane and Randy really coined a few things that like just really worked um, with mm. it. 
um, and they really understood it. Um, but doing that um, is when I wrote the musical Clubland. So I was like, well, the story about club kids and night nightlife, like what a better place to do it than an immersive theater setting. So I did that there. Um, and then um, Mark and I did a production of, was it, did we do Rocky Horror before or after? Eh, doesn't really matter. But essentially, Mark and I became <laughs> friends and he wrote this play in college called Julie Cooper Genesis Prayer. And it was right at the time when like Instagram was sort of like having its moment. Uh, like Facebook was kind of slowly going out and Instagram was, was starting to rise. And it was that moment when we were liking started happening, like the likes and the uh -huh. things. And it was brilliant and I loved it. And it was all about how Julie Cooper from the OC predicted reality television. And, um, you know, then social media came and it allowed us to be our own reality stars. And this thing becomes like an altar of who we are and we can put whatever we want out there. And maybe it's not so, the, the thesis of this piece was sort of like, or the, whatever the bottom line of the piece was um, like, is it so bad that we all want a little bit of attention? Like, is it so harmless if we all want to like, sure. keep in mind, this is like 2012 or 2013. And now look at us. <laughs> it's an absolute hellscape. Um, yeah. But so he did that play and that was the first thing I really had seen of his and I loved it. Um, then we did Rocky Horror. Okay, now I'm getting the timeline right. Um, he played Frank and Furter and I reorchestrated the whole thing. And so that's that was our first time because he didn't do Clubland. So that was his first time working with me on like um, hearing my arrangements and like my, you know, I like the screaming and all that stuff. So uh, <laughs> I had graduated and he was like, hey, I'm doing this thesis about Oscar Wilde. I'm doing this immersive club show. Um, would you write some of the music? And I was like, sure. I can't be there, but I can write the music. So I wrote the music and they did this show and it was strictly about Oscar Wilde. It was, you know, Oscar is a celebrity, celebrity. He has his wife, Constance, but he's railing these dudes on the side. And there was like an act two <laughs> and an act three that now kind of don't exist, obviously. Um, but that happened. And then I moved to LA and blah, 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 blah. And it was actually Mark who was like, you're miserable and suicidal. I have this job for you if you want to come and do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I moved back and I started working with Mark. Get this for Randy Zuckerberg, who is Mark Zuckerberg's sister. I was her in-house composer. What was I doing? I don't okay. know. Okay. In-house composer. <laughs> and yet they were like, paint this igloo. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, <laughs> so it was just, it was wild. Love the girl. Love the girl. But it was wild. Love time. her. Lovely. Lovely Lo girl. Love her though. Um, but um, Mark said, you know, I think I actually do want to do something with Oscar the Crown again. I said, okay, that's great because I want to write more music for it. And also I want to choreograph it because I wasn't able to the first time. Um, and in figuring out this, I was like, you know what's so funny, Mark? I was like, I think you're trying to say the same thing with this Oscar Wilde piece that you were with that play that you wrote that I loved in college. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, it's both about, they're both about like fame and what is fame and what is like, I'm calling it drag, but like when you put on this persona and you know, the rise and fall and how it's detrimental and He's like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, and you know, it's also you're like your obsession with real housewives and how that ties in. And Oscar Wilde like is kind of a real housewife in in his own way. And um, so 
<laughs> you know, that was that was the thing. We did a workshop in this bar in Brooklyn, and it did not make any sense. It was still kind of like, what is this? We're telling this Oscar Wilde story, but also they're talking about Real Housewives. And um, but it was, it, <laughs> but it needed to happen, right? Um, and it was of there course. that he, one of his professors from school, her name Shira Milkowski, came, and she was like, "This was really rad. What do you guys need?" And we were like, we kind of need someone to direct this because we don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, so she came in and we founded this company called The Neon Coven, which was, um, well, we have three pillars, which is we like queer people, theater in non-traditional spaces and screaming. Um, so those are our pillars that we stand on. Uh, and we had our first concert um, and we did a concert of all this music that I'd, I'd written for years uh and we did we were supposed to do it at the place that we did the oscar workshop at of course we you know week before or days before they're like we can't do it in here anymore anymore so we're like fuck looking Uh. up we're looking up like where can we do this and this new bar had just opened in brooklyn um nobody knew what it was and it was a little place called three dollar bill and we were (laughs) like hey can we please come and do this concert like in your bar and they're like yeah sure and at this point, like we walk in, it's just, have you been to $3 bill? Yeah, of course. Of course. So it's just like when you walk in, it's just the bar area, just the cobblestone. So we don't see any of the back area. And so okay. we set up shop out there. We have some microphones. The sound was like wha- fucking wacko. We're there <laughs> and we had a good time and a bunch of friends came and it was very fun. And um, <laughs> essentially the person who ran the bar at the time was like, hey, do you want to see like the space that we're opening? And we were like, yeah. So we walk back and it's this massive fucking concrete room with Huge. metal and stuff. And Mark has always said, like, o- Oscar exists at Bergheim because he loves Berlin. And we walk in and Mark turned around and he was like, this is Oscar. And we were like, done. So we said, done. That's going to be our first show. Out of all the stuff that we've done, written over the, over the time, uh, we're going to do Oscar. So then we dove into, you know what this is and it started to really piece it together. And I, I was like, okay, let's, I I think I was the, I was the one that came up with the, the frame of like, there are these queer exiles in a bunker. Um, and this is their religion (laughs) and what they believe in their, in this sort of cults, but not a cult. And then a newcomer comes in and chaos ensues. So that is sort of the Genesis. And we did it at $2 bill for short run. It got picked up. We did a longer run through the summer we were actually, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm just going to say it, whatever. We were supposed to immediately move to Times Square. Um, oh. I know, uh, at this place called the Hotel, was it the Edison or the Edition? I forget, but they had this new space that I think. Oh, yes, Hotel Edison. Yeah, so House of Yes started doing stuff there. Um, but we were supposed to, we, we, we went in, I have videos of me in the space being like, okay, we're moving in. Um, Oscar's moving to Midtown, here we go. Um, <laughs> and then the pandemic hit. And so, Classic. um, actually we were going to do that. And I think we were still, we were in talks to do the fringe. Um, mm-hmm. and then three years later, we brought it to the fringe festival in Edinburgh, Scotland, which we just did. Um, and now, and that was fabulous. Sorry. I feel like I'm always talking for so long and I'm like, I'm talking too long. No, I love it. I, I, <laughs> I know I'm on a like... podcast, but I'm like, this is so much talking. <laughs> Um, it's so good. It's just so, I'm just so in awe and I, I just admire you, you all for just doing it and being like, fuck it. If it works, it works. And if it it doesn't, we'll try something else. But 
that and clearly it has people love this show you know what's funny is like people love it and don't love it and like that's kind of what i want like if everyone came and was like this is perfect i'd be like something is up here but like (laughs) even in edinburgh which was like listen it was a fringe production you know it wasn't the full production it was an hour long uh we had two fucking dancers like in in brooklyn we had like i think nine um but like it was way condensed and the cast was really talented they were great um but people would come and like there were five star reviews and there were one star reviews and the one star yeah. reviews. It's funny. Cause I don't read the reviews or I don't pay attention. I don't really give, I don't care. But one of the, they were like, <laughs> Andrew, you have to see this one review that is one star. And it was like, great night out with friends. Um, had fun drinking and dancing. Can't get the songs out of my head. Great. If you're into sort of that sort of thing. And I was like, okay like i was like but you just explained the show i was like that is the like that is people a lot of times people that don't get it come and are like well i didn't get it and i'm like okay well can you tell me what it like what it was about for you and they'll just verbatim explain what the show is out about and i'm like the entire that's it i'm like that that was it what you just said you came you had a good time you danced (laughs) to these songs and like it was about boom 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 that's it i'm like you're i think people want to read into things too much now and um Especially in like an hour long show that's happening in a tequila fueled party. You know what I mean? It's like, right. we can only do so much here, you know, like totally. Um, so what you're getting is what, what it is. That's what it is. It is. It, yeah. So, um, and you well, know, and the- I think we're on, we're, we're like reaching this point now where we kind of have to be like, get over it. Get- like to the audience, because it's like, get a grip. We, we're doing theater in so many new and exciting ways. You got to get on board. It, theater is now an umbrella term right and we just have to accept that and that's that's exciting and that's what makes things like fresh and new like i yeah i don't know the, these like conventions of like it has to be a proscenium theater and i the lights have to be down and i have right. to be in my seat for it to be a theater experience it's like boring to me i'm like what what next like what to what end we're just gonna keep doing the same shit over and over and over right with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I'm so interested to know your thoughts because I think Broadway right now is an absolute disaster. I'm looking at what's happening. It's kind of disappointing. Thank you. Okay, thank you for saying it. I mean, like, it is. And, like, not. I'm not saying Oscar Wilde, Oscar at the Crown is, like, a a literary masterpiece. Like I, we are very aware of what it is, but I'm just like, I, I, I just, I grew up in a time and I, 
speaking of oh my pod like we had legally blonde like legally blonde is legally so blonde, fucking bitch. good it's so good and like the when I was growing up and like looking at like the shows that were on Broadway, like they were stories that they were stories. They were telling stories and like that you could walk in and leave like changed. And I'm not saying that theater that's just for fun isn't valid, but I miss like, I miss it. Like I miss like things that like can tell a story and like bring me somewhere else. And like, I think we, I think somehow there was this boom of like pop musicals and I think it just got vastly out of hand. And I think people are just misunderstanding what it is that audiences want. And obviously like six has had a huge, it's a huge success, but, and that's great. Uh, I have yet to see it and I'm not saying anything good or bad about it. Um, Obviously people are loving it. So I'm assuming it's fantastic, but Mm -hmm. um I think people saw that and were like, oh, that's what people want. Great. Here's the thing that makes Here we go. Yeah. And it's just like, you guys, you know, I'll tell you, you know what? Something that I loved recently was, and maybe you're going to be shocked, but we can talk about it. I had a freaking blast with Diana, the musical. I did. (laughs) I did because my boyfriend was like, Andrew, you've got to watch this. And I was working at the time. I was editing. I do editing work for like reality shows. I was like, I have, I have to work. I have to do this. And he was like, you ha- you just need to watch it. I said, okay, I'm going to watch the first act, and if I don't like it, I'm going to go back. I have watched that freaking thing 30 times. <laughs> but to me, I'm like, had that been running still after the pandemic, I would be there at midnight with a wedding dress on, drunk off my ass, singing <laughs> along. That's, like, I was Diana. like, you know, I was like, that could have been the new Rocky Horror. Like, it really could have. Yes. Well, and that was that was the the sort of like level of camp that I don't I even think they really they bought into themselves. I know they didn't know they what didn't they know. were doing. And then when the gays fucking when the gays came into it, they were like, "Shit, yes, what, this we we had we should have leaned into it." No, I saw it. I saw it two nights or one night before it closed. Oh my god! Before it closed. shut up, you saw it live, and it was. I saw it live. Uh, you know, ridiculous. But but I I agree that like there are just we're getting the same like recycled thing over and over. And that's not to say that I don't like seeing pop music done in a like contemporary musical theater setting that it's fun to me. I actually just saw, um, here lies love. And I was in in the dance floor for it. And I was like, Oh my God, I was blown away. I, 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 I didn't know what to expect going in. And, I just that that type of theater where it's like I've never seen something done like this before Mm. where like there are people it was quite literally like immersive I was in the middle of the play that was happening around me and it's like like that is so exciting and refreshing and so then you know to hear now that it's gonna close right and you know it's just it's such a bummer but I'm I I commend you guys on on your like dedication to continuing work like that like oscar because it's just so relevant and exciting and important i mean like even just like boiling it down to like elevating queer narratives Mm. and giving queer performers a platform to to use is just it's so important it's funny because i always like forget that that's what we're doing like when we were in Edinburgh, I've had this experience when it was in Brooklyn too, but in Edinburgh, like I hadn't done it in three years and then to just watch it happen. I was like, Oh, you know, I forget because I do exist in like a very queer space. Like all my friends are, are queer and like I host a, like a, a queer party, you know, like that's where I live. And, um, 
to see people who don't live in the that who desperately need it come and like we'll get to the finale and I'm looking around and people are like sobbing and I'm like oh right I'm like this is like important and like we got letters people were asking if it was okay I got DMs being like hey is it weird if I get like some of these lyrics tattooed I was like I mean oh honey God. you do you but I just forget because um I guess I come from I mean I don't know if that's the privilege is the right word, but like, I guess I am like, I'm privileged to live in a city um, that has like a queer scene. Yeah. And I, I have a place, mm-hmm. places I can go where I don't feel um, alone or worried or, um, you know, ashamed. And what we do with Oscar, I I think is like, we, we create that. We create a safe space and people would come back over and over and over. And, uh, I, 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 I forget that like, I'm like, Oh, right. This is what it is. And I, and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm saying it's, it's this tequila fueled party and it is, but it also is a story about, um, otherness. And it's a story about, um, about queerness and how we internalize what's been done to us and, uh, and where we, and where we go from here. And, um, I'm probably not the best at articulating all of it, but it, it no, is, you know, you know what I mean? Like it does, it, I, I turn around and see people like sobbing and I'm like, oh yeah, right, right, right. We are doing something. You right. Know? We're doing something. We're I doing just something. love it. So was your experience, can I ask, um, growing up, how, how was your experience as like an adolescent in the world of queerness before you were able to be in, in such a, a lucky and, you know, like privileged position in a city like New York? You know, what's so funny is, um, I don't know what I was fucking on as a child, but I like view my younger self. I'm like, how was I doing that? Like for some, somehow when I realized I was gay, I just accepted it. And, um, I was very smart about it. Like my parents were like, are you gay? And I was like, no, but drive me to this ballerina's house. Cause I'm, you know, I'm sleeping with him. So like, it was very, I was, I would just be like, no, no, no. But it was very clear that I was. And, uh, I never came out of the closet. Like I never had to sit anyone down and be like, I'm gay. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it was just very clear that I was. And I, I think if there was a negative, um, I sort of went on the offense and I was like, well, I'm going to be so crazy that there's nothing. You're going to just say that I'm crazy. You're not going to be like, Oh, that weird. Like, I guess you could say gay weird gay is the kid. last thing on the list. <laughs> but like pe- I, people were afraid of me in high school because I was, I was whack. Uh, do I would come to school dressed as a <laughs> cow? I would come to school dressed as a Teletubby. Like I was doing the most, and like I, w- I was, yes. I was freaky deaky. Like I would, I would just be s- screaming at all times, and I would like, I can't, I, I don't even know. I was just a weirdo. Um, so I guess that was my defense mechanism. I was like, I'm just gonna be so fucking weird um, sure. that you're just gonna accept this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, I think a lot of my problems that's a whole other issue I think was just like <laughs> I think there's a, a thing of being like a young gay adolescent and find and finding the right people to mentor you if that sure yeah I don't think we need to get into all of it but I think there's yeah. <laughs> there was a weird it's it's hard to do um it's hard to find people that actually have your best interest at heart and don't have ulterior motives but um yeah I I didn't have a I want to say I didn't have a hard time, but 
I met with someone I went to high school with a few years ago and they're like, you were really bullied. And I was like, no, I wasn't. And she was like, you were like, it was all behind your back. And I was like, Damn. okay, well, bitch, I was like, I didn't know that. So you didn't need to tell me. Yeah. But, but that's <laughs> what it bitch, was. I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. But yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> I think it was because I was so, people were like afraid what I would do if they ever said anything wrong to me. Like I, I was unhinged. I was unhinged. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> Uh, there was, clearly I was oblivious to it, but I, I think I just lived in my own bubble. So it was okay. And, um, uh, and look at you now and look at me now. Gay as freaking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So gay as a daisy. Well, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but I, I share a similar sentiment about the world of drag Mm. and how you can be looked at as one thing or another whether you are drag enough okay you know, to to qualify as being part of that community or right. group or um any of that and you know with with like my own gender expression and everything I use like pretty much any pronouns mm. and there are days where I feel very mask and there are days where I feel very femme um and I my job at at Chicago is to be a woman to to be in full drag and right you know then there's the reveal at the end and it's a surprise to da that like we've tricked you and sure so it's this like sort of gender illusion but what is your how did you first become connected with um the world of drag i mean now you are you're the it girl honey for all of the queens who need so their music and lyrics and design but what what first led you to that world it's so funny because i was just having this conversation do you watch dragula Yes. Okay. Are you caught up? No. Okay. Well, honey, let me tell you this recent season. Freaking fabulous. I love the show. I could talk about it forever. It is the intersection of all my interests. I champion everyone on that television series. I love it. It fuels me. I want to inject it into my veins. Um, (laughs) But I got into the scene um, through Club Kids. And that was my first understanding of like nightlife and... I'm going to call that drag. Um, yeah. So to me, there was no gender associated with it. And I had a big, it was a big realization for me when I started having, when we started going out as club kids, me and my group of friends, Jan was one of them before she did ever did drag. Like we would dress up in club kid gear mm-hmm. and whatever we were wearing, go to clubs. But I would have my, um, well, at the time, cis female friends um, come out and my AFAB friends come out in drag and they would be like, well, they don't want us here. And I was like, what are you, talk- what are you talking about? Like, I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, uh-huh. And I didn't understand that, uh, like, most gay spaces were dominated by gay men, gay cis men. Cis men, um, yeah. And that was a bit, I literally had to, like, learn that because I just, I, I didn't understand that, like, drag you were impersonating a woman this is what this is uh-huh. and i was like oh like and i just know this sounds weird but to me i was like i'm just like i just look weird like i'm dressed as a tree right now like i'm, I'm just in my costume yeah like we're we just drew hearts all over ourselves and we're wearing platform boots and like we're just being crazy and weird so then i had to understand like oh it's this other thing and this thing exists but um Actually, the first time we got booked to do, there was a new club opening and we had been going to this other club in Boston and sort of built up a name for us. We had this little group of like performing club kids and we would go and perform and sing and stuff. It was so fun. Um, And 
we want this new part pr promoter who I love and I still work with to this day saw us and was like, Oh, I want to like hire them to start doing stuff at this new club. And for the photo shoot, I was like, great, I'm going to come. And then um, Michelle's going to come. And my drag mom told me later that he was like, should I like have the girl in the photo shoot? Like, and my drag mom was like, yes, like that's what, what this, but yes. like, that was a thing. It was like, it was a conversation. And um, yeah. so obviously from there I started understanding like, okay, well, what is drag? And that's the bigger question. What is drag? You know, what is drag and mm -hmm. what is gender expression and how are we, what qualifies as drag and what doesn't. And uh, obviously then Charlie then became Jan. Um, and I had, I love designing and I love creating things and I've never really had like the money or the outlet to do all the things that I've wanted to do. So when Jan got on drag race, I was like, perfect like all these things that i've wanted to do like let's go so um, yeah i was able to sketch a bunch of outfits for her and um i actually lucy and jan did Clubland at art with me so oh my god isn't that funny so lucy literally wow. played herself but she was the character of lahoma and then jan played lucy michael allen who is sociopath murderer who is now dead um and yes. um uh but i ended up writing the role for Jan, which is so funny. Um, wow. I know. So uh, that is, I've sort of fell into the world of traditional drag race drag. And I love, and I loved drag race at the beginning. And I'm just, I'm laying it all at the cards here. I don't watch it anymore. I can't. No, be, I love it. I can't be bothered. It's way too oversaturated. Everybody looks the same. Um, I'm just bored with it. And, and like, it's, there's so much. Oh my there's God. There's so many drag like I finish a season and then they're it, it, immediately, they're like, and now we're on All Stars 24. Oh my God. I, I'm like, bitch, how? I, it's too much. And like, I just, I miss, I'm, and I always say this with Jan, I'm like, I miss the early seasons. Like, when I started watching it, it was around like season three or four or five. And it was just so exciting because nobody knew about it. And like, it was still like edgy and underground and people were coming in and making it gnarly and being like, what is this? Who knows? And then yeah. slowly as it went on, it's like, well, this is what this is. And this is how you win the show. And this is, and mm -hmm. it just became this thing of like, okay. And I went to DragCon recently and I would be like, who is like Letitia Nockstern? And they'd be like, oh, the winner of, you know, Wisconsin season two. And I'm like, I, 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 <laughs> what, when did that happen? You know, it's like, exactly. So, that's why I love Dragula and I could get into this, but it's interesting because, you know, Dragula has drag kings, they have drag queens, they have right. creatures, and that's what it's about. And so I got into a conversation last night with my friend um, who was kind of like, do I not like drag kings? She's a cis woman, by the way. She was just like, I don't know. Like, why would you want to dress as a guy? But it's And I we got into this talk about it because I feel like I'm doing drag as a boy a lot. Like, I, uh -huh. um, in my gender journey have just realized the power and I hate to get, I know not that I hate to do it, but like RuPaul is right. Like when he's like, Oh, you want to make money? Wear a suit. Like if you want, like Period. you can, you can get things dress that you, for it. you can dress for it. And like, for me, I'm, I am gay and I like, I like dudes. I do. And, um, <laughs> but I found that like the way to, the way that I can get more attention from, from gay men is by, being more being masked. more masculine and so like yep. i i i can talk about honey it, i can put on a beard and it is so easy for me to like post a little thirst trap on instagram and those period you know what i mean and i, I just it's just what it is do i feel this internally like is that what i'm feeling my actual gender expression is no at all no but i think it's fun and i i say this to all my friends i'm like just have fun with it i'm like just have fun with it and like 
um, you know, it's, and, and then you can do whatever you want. Like, I also don't love dressing, like, when I'm in drag, like, I don't love being, like, high femme, and when people are like, oh my god, we'll just, like, do this and be that, to me, I'm like, yeah, like, if I was gonna be, like, my drag femme persona, like, it's not gonna be what you think that is, um, right, um, and that's why I love Dracula, because it's really ripping it apart and being like, well, what is this? Totally. There's, um, there's a, there's a drag king on there now who I know is about to start doing, like, drag queen stuff and, like, genderless stuff, and I'm so excited to, like, have that conversation opened, um, like, that, because I feel right. like a lot of times, um, male drag performers can obviously dress in, like, feminine drag, and then also will can do, like, drag king stuff, and it's like, oh, fun, but I think it's harder for a woman, or, like, a cis, or, sorry, not cis, I guess, a fab woman to go on yeah. a show like this as a drag king, and then be like, well, I also can do drag queen stuff, because I feel like there's an argument being like, well, you're not doing drag, you're just a girl, you know, it's like, <laughs> yes, so, exactly, it's so weird. I know. And, like, layered. Well, and I will say, too, that, like, uh, regardless of how oversaturated and just, you know, sort of, like, the same it has all become, right. like, season by season for RuPaul, it, it has also, I mean, it's, like, elevated not just drag, but, like, it's elevated what it means to be queer so openly and publicly totally. in such a really interesting way i mean like i even just think of like how jinx played mama morton in mm -hmm. chicago on broadway like that never would have happened if she no. hadn't been on drag race oh god and hadn't had this sort of like this like fame and exposure to to the world you yeah know? The, the cultural impact that that television series has had is astronomical wild it really is and i remember um a time actually it was lucy i don't even know if lucy knows the story but she was kind of she was railing a dude back when we were doing clubland and lucy this was really drag was still like people were like oh this is weird um uh-huh <laughs> and she was she was railing this dude and i was like are you guys gonna start dating and he was like well like she's like a drag queen like that's weird. like there was like there was a time where right. like people like, didn't I couldn't want to, I couldn't possibly dra date someone who's like dressing in drag. Like that was real. Queen. And that was like, right. And it wasn't that long ago. And now like, it's like, Oh yeah, you do drag. Cool. Like it has changed right. everything. And yeah, I, I, obviously I'm, I'm ripping it apart, but I, I definitely, no, it's important to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Like to the impact that show has had is wild. And I, I do have to give it all to Miss Paul. I do. What say what you want about her? Like yes, it's Mama Rue. It, it's true. She she did. Changed she really world. did it. She did, and it's it is wild. What is it? What has it been like for you doing, like your experience, like in Chicago? Obviously, like yeah. What is that like? Cause well, I know, yeah. It's definitely different than like, like I, identifying as a drag queen. Yeah, because. I don't the thing about Chicago is that it's all provided for me. So sure. I the the costume and you know, I have my nails done and they do the wig for me and I do my own makeup, but it's it's a very it's done in a specific way that I don't have to necessarily bring much artistry to or or thought to because it's a template that I get to fit into. And so 
you know, when people are like, well, you should audition for Drag Race or like you, you look beautiful as a quote unquote woman or whatever. And it's like, OK, but I'm not a drag queen. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Sure. I show up to the theater and somebody else does it for me. Like, I don't I'm not like in my basement at 1 a.m. like cutting pads out of sure. a sofa cushion to like make hip pads. Like, right. I don't know how to do that, which is why I also just have so much like respect. And, and I'm just always in awe of of all drag queens because I'm like what you do bitch that is some hard ass shit and like what you do Andrew like you're the the concept art that you have created like I of course just like did a deep dive oh god when I like knew that I was gonna have you on the pod because I was like I have to know literally everything. <laughs> even just the stuff on your website of like uh, like you and Max Clayton doing the, love the um, girl who's in yes, Chicago now girl Yes, who's in? Who's playing Fred Casely? Yes. But like those photos of you guys as um, the Grinch and Cindy Lou, mm. or like Cindy Lou esque. Like I was like, oh my god! I just the thought that goes into it, the artistry, the planning, the execution—it's just all there. Yeah, it's so amazing. Where did that come from? Your like oh, level god. of detail is so wild. Well, thanks. It's funny because at that moment, I'll tell you, it was like. <laughs> I'm talking about so many journeys today, but like my journey with what drag was <laughs> is I was like, I've always done like kooky, wacky outfits. And then when Jan did drag race and got off of it, I was like, well, should I be doing drag? Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And actually for that one, like I couldn't even do drag makeup at that point. Like I, mm-hmm. I learned from Jan how to do it's so fun. The arc of Jan and I is hilarious. Cause I used to do Jan's <laughs> makeup. I used to do it back when we were going out and like, um, and now I have learned so much about makeup from, from Jan over, just over the years. Yeah. And so when I did that shoot with Max and I grew up with Max, so I've known him since we were in sixth grade. Um, I had Char- Charlie did my makeup for that one. And I was, I was like, I don't uh-huh. know how to do my eyes or anything. I was like, but I guess you <laughs> cover the brow. Yeah. I was like, let me try something a little bit more like traditional and like, let me do some like th- you know, main, I'm calling it mainstream drag. Um, so that was, I remember like being like, okay, this is how you did this. This is how you did that. Um, and it's interesting, especially with social media to see what performs better than other things. Right. Some things that I'm like, this is so cool. It's one of my favorite things I've done. It's like four likes and people are like, no comments. And then it's something that I whipped together and it's like, you know, I always say people love, a ponytail. People love me in a pigtail. Like anytime I put pigtails <laughs> on, people are like, "Oh my god!" And then Queen I do something. Yes, and like I, right. And then I'll do something that like took me a long time or something, and nobody cares. But that's just you know, that's, <laughs> that's just it. But I don't know. Well, it's, it's so yeah. It's wild to hear about Jan and and Lucy Laduca because you know they have become these like crazy like mainstream very popular drag queens but i have to ask about the music that you have created not just for them but you know for for many queens and you know ladies of the, the ladies of the night entertainment <laughs> world oh well, i guess maybe yeah, not of the night the ladies of the night <laughs> but like did you you wrote let loose i did for lucy laduca i did write and that one. did you have any idea that it was going to be this i mean it has truly not it's not like a meme it's like a gay phenomenon like everybody if you say the words let loose everybody in the club will know what you're talking about well i'm so happy because um we'll get into the let loose of it all but i'll tell you i'm so happy because 
I have wanted Lucy to be on that show for so long. Like, I champion her so much. I love her. She's so fucking funny. She's so talented. And back when we were doing literal Clubland, this is like 2012, we were like, oh my god, you've got to go on Drag Race. you got to go on Drag Race, right? And she was like, well, will you write me a song if I'm on there? I said, yeah, what would it be called? And she's like, Let Loose. And I was like, oh, Let Loose. So, like, this has been a kind of recurring joke of ours. Like, oh, if you get on the show, we're going to write Let Loose. Because Lucy, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, so the minute she got on... Oh! Well, this is actually funny. And she'll tell you this. I'm, I, I don't mean to pat myself on the back. Something... I'm a witch, if you can't tell from my room. And something in the universe, it was random. And, like, at the time, like, Tim and I would check in on each other, but it wasn't like I was texting him every day. Um, sorry, I should start saying Lucy, but um, his name's Tim. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Illusion shattered. Yeah, so I don't know where, what, <laughs> in the, what in the universe was telling me, but I, I texted him. And it was the first time I'd said this to him in years. And I was like, did you make a Drag Race audition tape? And he was like, no, I just don't want to. Like, I'm tired. And I was like, I was like, I, I really think you should this. Year. I was like, I will edit it for you. I was like, just whip something together. And he got on. And I, I don't know. I, something in the universe was just telling me. I was like. You knew, baby. I was like, I think you need to do it this year. It's something. Um, and then when he got on, he was like, okay, it's time to write Let Loose. But let me tell you, because I don't know. It's a very, you know, it's a, a structured song, right? And I was like, anytime I every, I was like, anytime I put something on TV, I don't want it to be like a stupid, like, gah, 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 like drag queen song. I was like, I want it to be like a song that you can, you know, you want to like listen to and sing. Right. Obviously my music tends to be a bit, um, I, if how I listen to music is I literally speed it up on my phone. Like I put it into an app and speed it up. Like, you know, on TikTok, they'll like speed up songs and it's like, boom, yes. boom, boom. I've been yeah. doing that for years. That is just how my brain, I <laughs> like to listen. I like to listen to things fast. It, it like excites me. So that's my style of music. Take it or leave it. You might hate it. It's okay. Um, but I like things <laughs> high and loud and fast. That is, yes. more, that's how I like it. Um, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. So listeners of Oh My Pod, this is kind of something that I've kind of kept hush-hush, but it just is what it is. Um, and I'm going to start by saying, Jan, if you've heard her live, you know the girl is a whack a singer. Like vocalist. Vocalist, world-class singer. She can yes. sing anything, like, hands down. Absolutely. But I'll tell you this. When she went on Drag Race and did Jantasy, I sent two versions of Jantasy. I sent one version that had her vocals completely on it. And that's the one that you can like hear on Spotify and everything. Her right. vocals are blasting. The next one I sent, 
I sent with the vocals, like, she was like, well, this is an instrumental. And I was like, oh, right. What am I doing? I sent it with like the vocals, like kind of at a 40. Cause I was like, I don't want them to be able to like fuck her vocals up. Right. What you hear them. So she was there and she sang this song live and clearly it went well because she's very talented and she can sing the house down. Of course. But what they used on the show, what you see is the, uh, is the audio that I recorded on this microphone in my bedroom. Oh my so, God. yeah, so they dubbed over, and that's why there was a little bit of online drama being like, Sil- Silky, I think, was like, that wasn't live. It was live. She was singing live in the room. The mic was hot. But what they used on the TV show was the audio that I gave them. And uh-huh. so when Lucy went on, I was like, I don't want to give them any wiggle room. To, to fuck with my girl because I've seen them do it in the past. I right. don't want them to be able to like, you know, I'm an audio engineer and like, that's what I do is I do audio for reality shows. So like, I know how easy, and I haven't, like I work with a company that's great. We, we always take care of our contestants, but like, I know how easy it is to go in and be like, well, I'll just pitch correct this and make them off key. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And I don't trust the world. Honey, the editors on that show they are working to make and the, it's true they put these girls through the ringer i watched it's storytelling honey yeah peppermint was saying for the roasts they take their cards and put them in the wrong order they're like oh they'll be up there when you get up there and you get up there and the cards are in the wrong order like they fuck yes. with these girls so i said you know what i don't want them to have an inch of of uh leverage to make her sound bad so right. i only sent them the version with her vocals blasting what did they do? They pulled down the entire mix uh-huh. and put her raw ass fucking unedited, like mic talking vocals. Yes. That like, if you did that to fucking Celine Dion, she would sound bad. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like they just, put, they, they did that, whatever. And so like, I remember I hadn't watched the first episode and Lucy was like, they fucked with the sound. And I was like, how? Yeah. But I think it ended up being a blessing in the skies, right? As I say, blessing in disguise because <laughs> um, because it became a joke, right? Like whether whether it was good or bad, I think people were singing it. Um, and I and I stand by the song. Like I think it's a fun pop song while it's campy and like stupid and whatever. Oh my god, it's sure. such a good song. Are you kidding? But like I do stand by it, and I don't know if had they put up the song and it was just what it was, I I don't know if it would have had the um, mass appeal, I guess that it did. So it kind of worked out. It worked out for Lucy that like it had its meme moment and um, no shade to anybody else, but I'm like, I don't know anything. What else happened on that season? I don't know. (laughs) Obviously Sasha Colby, like we love the girl. She's amazing. But like that um, is the season of let loose honey. Yes. So I'm so, (laughs) I'm so happy. I was able to do that for Lucy and I'm so glad that like it stuck because I believe in her so much and had I, if, if I could give her one thing, it's like, I want to, if I can give, all I want to do is make my friends rich and famous. That is what I think all of us should be (laughs) aiming to do. And so if I could give her one thing, it was like a bit of something that some people could latch onto. So I'm glad that it, panned out with with let loose hell yeah yeah do you have any desire to write anything else for like the musical theater canon or like if someone came to you and they were like we need you to write a more quote-unquote conventional musical would you be interested in doing that um you'll be shocked to hear i am okay i've had this 
so one of the producers of Oscar, because it is in, it is, we're figuring out what the next steps are in um, the West End. Yay! So, I was hoping you would say that. So we're figuring that out and figuring out, like, what is this? I'm still waiting to hear what the tea is. Um, I know I know there's been rumblings, but they're, they're trying to find... It's hard to find... A, it's very site-specific, and finding a place that works is, is tough, especially with the sound and the, the cast right. size, and, you know, we need a bar, and so they're working on that. But um, we, we sat down, and I was telling him about... So I have this... I have Clubland, which um, I'm working on it becoming something completely different than what it was, but... I have that one. I have this musical that was called Hexed that I'm changing the words, changing the title of. Uh, but that's like my witch kind of like Avril Lavigne, early 2000s punk musical. Oh, my God. So that one's fun. Um, but on top of that, I have this show that I think people were shocked to hear from me. I performed a few songs from it at a concert of mine. And they were like, what was that last song? That Like, what was the who was that by? And I was like, me. Um, but it's a country musical. It's like a actor musician musical. Cause I grew up listening to country music. And so I love like deep Southern country. Um, mm. uh, and I became obsessed with this story. I, I love the spooky. So essentially it is a, I, I say horror, but it's not like you know, where you're cutting people's heads off horror. Like um, <laughs> it's more what I love about horror is like the way I, I, I love horror because I think it's a perfect way of telling a story and it's like the most heightened way you can tell a story and you can have symbolism and one thing can mean another thing and you can really have fun with storytelling. And so I'm writing this horror country musical right now um, that I guess you would call more traditional. Um, <laughs> a traditional but, horror country musical. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, listen, I'm I'm down for anything. Like, who knows? I don't know. If somebody came to me and said, like, we want to write this, I'm I'm down for anything. I, yeah, I'm down for it all. There's been a few, like, you know, in the sphere of, like, this, everything's movie is being made into a musical. We did yes. a concert... Um, the Neon Coven, we've had all these, we were like, okay, well, we've been asked, like, well, if you could adapt anything, what would it be? And on our list, people are always like, uh, okay. We're like, well, we really think that killer clowns from outer space would be a cool, and they're like, okay, well, what are we supposed to do with this? But I think one <laughs> of them that we really wanted to do was, um, we did a concert, uh, that lives in infamy because of the craziness that was going on with it. But we did a concert called Jennifer's body and it was like a yes. musical version of Jennifer's body. Um, and I wrote all these arrangements of like punk music, uh, like early two thousands, like punk music, like panic of the disco, all that stuff. Um, and we set it to the movie. So they played the movie while well, we were going to play the movie. And then like the movie would pause and like, we would do a song that like makes sense in the time of the movie. Sure. Um, so, you know, like, they start the, uh, I'm trying to think of one. Like, when she becomes the fucking zombie thing, they did zombie. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. So, that that was the thing. But I was like, I actually think this could really, Jennifer's Body, I fucking love it. And I was like, I actually think it would be cool if I could, like, write original music for this. And, like, I'll say this. What I do enjoy about the fact that, like, I'm not seen as necessarily, like, a musical theater composer is I was like, I want to just like do cool things, right? Like I don't, and that's the hard thing is I know that most of the time it's not going to be the most commercial or sellable, but I'm like, right. I want to write for like myself. Like I want to, exactly. I want to create stuff that I would want to go and see. Um, so uh, yeah, Jennifer's body, 
title of episode doing cool things with andrew barrett cox i just want to do cool things and like i i I get it and i know the things i like are a bit um off the beaten path but that's why party monster drew me in like it's a horrible movie and i'm sorry if anyone from world of wonder is listening but it is like it's just it's 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 bizarre and weird but what i loved about it is i was like wait and and you have to remember this is in 2010 when i saw the movie and I didn't, there wasn't a lot of like queer people in media. And if you saw, you saw it, it was like, oh, you're a gay hairdresser or you're like a sassy best friend. So to watch a movie where it was like, yeah, they're gay. That doesn't matter. He's a sociopath, drug addict, murderer who cuts a guy's legs off. I was like, well, that's interesting. I was like, yeah, like gay people can be layered. We, we, we're not just like (laughs) doing this thing. I was like, we also cut people's legs off. Okay. So, um, (laughs) that's what I want to do. I was like, I yeah. want to make stuff that like I'm interested in. And like, um, I, I don't know. Maybe I have so to find cool. the middle ground of, of mass appeal, but I haven't found that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've clearly done well enough for yourself so far. It's only up. I, I can't know. wait to hear about what happens with, with Oscar because uh, I just think it's so cool and you guys deserve it. Are you ready to come to the West end? I literally, I think I was, bring, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure Jake could play any Girl, freaking role in that show. If you, if I need to get on a plane to London, we will make it. So, okay. You I love heard it. it here first on the pod. Well, Andrew, before I let you go, I have a series of musical theater rapid fire questions. Okay. That I ask every guest. Okay. Not excited. trivia. These are these are questions specific to you. Are you ready? Yes, I'm so ready. Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? Whoa! Oh my God, we're really diving in. Okay, let me think. <laughs> I think I do have to go with Sondheim. Okay. I do. Um. I know this is rapid fire. Do I have to give an explanation or should I just No, let you it can be? do whatever you want. Give me your explanation. Oh god, maybe I just leave it. I'm just going to say something. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it. Okay. Sweatpants or jeans? Sweatpants. Do you have a favorite musical? Little Shop of Horrors. Work. Have you yeah. seen it off Broadway? No. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. It's <laughs> I'm sure so it's great. good. Um, do you have a least favorite musical? Little Women. What the <laughs> hell is Tiny that? Tiny ladies. What the hell is that? No, we do not need this this tour going out. Um, oh, oh my God, there's a tour? For who? If you say come with me. Like, what is that? I'm sorry. Sorry to the writers. I'm to sorry to this man. I don't need it. Um, would you ever like to do a Broadway play? Ooh, like be in it or? Yeah. Oh. Or design it? Yeah. Work. God, yeah. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Night owl. 100%. I got up at noon. <laughs> Literally, I was like getting out of bed and you were like, here's the link. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, golden age or contemporary? Contemporary. I don't do, I don't do, listen, I'm sure it's fabulous, but it's gotta be very, I mean, I love anything goes, still stands, like it still holds it, still holds Cabaret. I don't know if that's these are golden age, but like cabaret, how freaking phenomenal was that? For me personally, I don't need Oklahoma. I don't personally need it. That is exactly yes. Um do you have a favorite role that you have ever played? Favorite role I've ever played? I'm diving way, way back many centuries. Well, and I guess I guess for you, that could mean like, do you have a favorite role as in like choreography, direction, design? 
What's your favorite project you've worked on? Project, man. I would, I do think it would have to be, well, now I'm like, well, because all the roles I played, I'm like, let me think back to high school. Because I like, <laughs> I like don't normally perform in like musicals anymore. So I guess if right. I'm going to say favorite, let me tell you something. The role that I absolutely slaughtered was that when I was in seventh grade, I was Peter Pan. I killed it. I really did. But aside from that, um, my favorite thing I think I'd done was Clubland. I think that was like a genesis for me and for a lot. Um, and it did grow into a really tumultuous and dark time in my life. Um, but that was, I remember seeing it and like, that was one of the last, <laughs> so dark. That was like one of the last times I remember just feeling like joy and happiness being like, Oh, this was something really cool. Um, wow. And getting to see my friend, all my friends were in the cast and like getting to see them shine in this thing that I had like, had come out of my brain was really cool. And like being able to create a vehicle for Jan, who at the time was not being paid attention to at all in school. And we know how horrible these musical theater schools are. And like, you know, he was not being given the time of day and they were like, well, what are you going to, how are you going to be a leading man on Broadway? You know? And I was like, well, come and do this fucking thing. And just to see him like get up there and be a fucking psychopath and sing his goddamn head off was, (laughs) it was amazing. So probably Clubland. Love it. Well, Andrew, my last question for you, which I ask every guest is what is one thing that you would tell baby Andrew? This is a picture of baby Andrew. (laughs) I am Mama Roo. You are in this moment. Um, What would I tell baby Andrew? Damn. The thing that I... Oh, God. I've I've never had to think about this question. I've never thought about going on the drag race. I'm I'm thinking of Dragula. I'm just I'm worried yeah. about jumping out of a plane. Um, I'm like, oh god, how do I move these worms over to this other bucket with my mouth? Um, but I think what I would say to my younger self is, um, I don't know. I mean, the sad thing is, I'm like, would I say something to myself to be like, well, here's how you be more successful. Or, like, looking back, being like, oh, I should have done this or that. Or would I say to myself... Sorry, again, therapy, here we are. Or would I say, like, (laughs) don't be afraid and just, like, keep doing what you want to do and don't worry about what anybody else is thinking. I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but I guess it's it's between the two. you've gotten to to where you are. I know, but do I want to be where I am or do I want to be rich (laughs) and famous? I don't know. That's the thing. Well, I guess that is the age old <laughs> dilemma. I guess so. You know what? That's it though. Because I'm, you know, I don't know. Like I'm looking at the TikToks and the Instagram and like, it's a lot of it is, oh boy. Like I look at this and I'm like, I find myself just like shaking my head being like, what are we doing? What, what are is we everyone doing? doing? So I, I'm sort of glad that I'm not, I'm not in it. So I, yeah. I, I think that's what I would say. Do not, I would grab my younger self. I said, there's going to be a thing called an influencer coming up. Do not get into it. <laughs> don't, don't be doing that. Period. Maybe that's what I would say. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Andrew, you are such a freaking delight. Thank you <laughs> so much for being here. Can you tell? I feel like um, I was a mess. No, I loved it. Can okay. you tell the listeners where they can find you on, on socials and, yeah. uh, and listen to your fabulous art? You can just search my name. It's Andrew Barrett Cox, B-A-R-R-E-T. And I, oh, I wrote that. I was like, love that you spelled my name right because everybody spells my name right. But I was like, oh, I wrote that one. Um, <laughs> and I think my TikTok um, is Andrew Barrett Cox in hell um, because it kept getting taken down. They didn't like what I was posting. Um, I work with a lot of sex workers and a lot of 
the work that I do is around sex work. So um, they didn't, they don't love that stuff. So um, it's like boo hiss. Who cares? Get, yeah. get, it's 2023. We're all whores. Go, get go, into it. Absolutely. Yes. You know, hi mom. Well, let me up. Yeah, I know you're listening. Um, well, Andrew, thank you again so much for being on the pod. You are so just a dream. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Oh my pod, oh my pod, you guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.